Listener Production. Artificial intelligence could help determine whether you live or die. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Artificial intelligence is becoming an increasingly powerful tool, especially in medicine, and could completely reshape the way we deliver healthcare. Today, I talked to Cosmos Magazine journalist Evram Yazgan about some of the radical ways AI is being used in medicine, how it works, and whether or not we should be concerned. So, Evram, you've been on the podcast a few times now talking about artificial intelligence. I have, yeah. I think what we've talked about in the past has been like artificial intelligence and art, AI and fossil discoveries. You also did a whole episode on social robots and AI too, but that, of course, was with one of our other fabulous Cosmos reporters, Petra Stock. Yeah, that was the um, robots breaking fingers at Russian chess tournaments, right? Good stuff. Yeah, it is. I mean, are you sick of AI yet, Sophie? I mean, how could I be sick of AI, Evram? Like, I'm suspicious of it, but there is so much to talk about. Excellent. That is the correct answer. So today, though, we're talking about AI and the role it's playing in medicine and the clinical environment. You've written quite a lot on AI in your time at Cosmos. What would you say is different about AI and medicine than other stories you've written? I think one of the things that stands out to me about AI and medicine is that researchers see it as complementing human experience and judgment rather than replacing our trained clinicians. I've had the pleasure to speak to a bunch of different medical researchers and practitioners and AI researchers in this space. And it's hard to express how much genuine excitement there is in these worlds for AI and the role it can play in patient care. Mm. If you sort of think about the ethos behind medicine, it's about helping people and, of course, do no harm. Whether we like it or not, AI is surely part of the equation to help us do this. So looking back at some of the stories I've written this year on AI and medicine, it's interesting because, yeah, perhaps some of the most promising uses for AI exist in medicine above anything else. Yeah. But at the same time, there are a lot of controversial uses for AI that are either already happening or have been posed for the medical field. That's not just medicine, though, is it? I mean, we see a lot about controversial uses or side effects, I guess we could call them, of AI in other worlds. For example, algorithms racially stereotyping people, things like facial recognition systems performing poorly on Black people, and that's just one example. Yeah, I mean, so obviously there are issues, and AI researchers are well aware of this, but so are people in medicine. And there is an awareness that there's a real need to balance the pros and cons of AI. And something I've noticed is that these pros and cons can bleed into the stances people, including researchers, can adopt when it comes to AI. One researcher I spoke to earlier this year talked about two different positions that people can adopt. So one is the AI hype position, basically saying, hey, AI is super great and should do all of these amazing things. Sure. The other is the AI contrarian position which is basically saying it's good, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. This same researcher said that not only have people made whole careers out of taking these positions, but she also said that both of these positions are actually true. And what she meant by that is that the hype is true because AI is really promising. But the contrarian position is also true because despite developments, 
AI is not all it's made out to be in the press and in science fiction. Above all, she emphasized that artificial intelligence is not intelligent. But at the end of the day, I think what makes AI in medicine so promising and controversial at the same time is that we are legitimately talking about the welfare of people, healthcare, hospitals, our physical and mental well-being, literally our very existence and livelihood. I mean, there's no more contentious space than that to rile up people about AI. Yeah. But in this episode, I want to take you through some pretty incredible innovations when it comes to artificial intelligence in medicine mainly AI being used as a prognostic tool, so being able to determine the potential health outcomes from different conditions. Some of this stuff is just next level and might give you an even clearer idea of what's going on right now and also what's possible. So let's talk through some of these innovations, Evram. Using artificial intelligence as a prognostic tool, where do you want to start? So straight out the gate, I want to point out that most of the AI tools in this space are still being used and tested in a research capacity. They still need to get through, you know, like clinical trials, etc. to get to the next stage, which is being used on actual patients for real. But they're showing huge amounts of potential. The first tool I want to talk about was developed by data scientists and neurotrauma surgeons. What they did was develop an advanced machine learning algorithm that could come up with a prognosis for patients with severe traumatic brain injuries, or TBIs. They refer to a wide range of injuries that can happen to the brain when a sudden external and physical assault damages the brain. It's actually one of the most common causes of disability and death in adults. Mm. So this algorithm was built to analyze huge volumes of data from brain scans and other relevant clinical data from patients like age, sex, and medical history. The researchers found that the algorithm was able to both quickly and accurately produce a prognosis for someone up to six months after a TBI. And in terms of what that prognosis might show, a hypothetical situation might be, say, a patient is admitted early in the emergency room, the algorithm enables them to build a model that can automatically predict a good or bad outcome, how likely, in essence, the patient is to recover and even how likely they are to die from that TBI. And the researchers said the amount of data that is examined and the speed at which it's examined is just not possible for a human clinician to do. Okay, that's kind of incredible. So it's kind of answering a life or death question. And from there, clinicians can try and lean the outcome towards life more than death. Yeah, exactly. And there's actually another AI that's showing a lot of promise as a prognostic tool in a similar way. But this tool is looking at identifying the risk of cancer on lung nodules. This research is from earlier this year, and the researchers used an AI program to help identify the risk of lung cancer on chest scans, in particular on CT scans. Okay, unpack this a bit more for us, Evram. Yeah, so CT scans, these are computed tomography scans. They are 3D images used in cancer screening and diagnosis. In chest CT scans, uh, small abnormal areas called lung nodules are sometimes found. Most lung nodules in these scans aren't cancer, but they can turn cancerous and develop into growths. Mm -hmm. A key part of cancer screening is to determine from these scans how likely it is for cancer to develop from lung nodules. So that's where this algorithm comes in. The researchers ran it through some tests and showed, combined with clinical interpretation, 
the accuracy level of determining the presence of these cancerous lung nodules improved significantly. So their next step is to take the AI tool into a real-world setting and put it to the test. And the last tool you're talking about, Evrum, isn't a prognostic tool, but instead a diagnostic tool. Yeah, so this is an AI tool that was developed to help in the diagnosis and treatment of rare diseases. So the initial stages of a disease's development. It's worth pointing out that rare diseases are often difficult to diagnose and they can be misdiagnosed. So this is a self-teaching algorithm. It's an algorithm that can learn things, that's in inverted commas, about data by finding patterns and trends, much like the human brain can. The AI tool is called SISH, and it acts like a search engine for pathology images, which basically means it just trawls through large pathology image databases and identifies similar features on rare diseases. Also, it can ideally help clinicians determine which patients are likely to respond to certain therapies. Okay. Like with the prognostic tools I was talking about, SISH outperformed many other methods, both in identifying diseases, but also in the speed it could identify them. It has its drawbacks too, obviously. It requires a huge amount of memory to run and is currently only useful in identifying single images rather than being able to compare images and take whole data sets and analyze those. But the researchers are quite confident that SISH is a step forward for rare disease diagnosis. So Evram, do we have any sense of what's next when it comes to artificial intelligence in medicine? You mentioned that with these AI tools you were discussing, it's now about using those in the real world. Have we really only just scratched the surface of what's possible here? Yeah, so I think whether we like it or not, AI will play a role in healthcare. I do really like that clinicians and computer scientists are working together and that they emphasize that AI won't replace human practitioners, but is a powerful tool. But it is more. It's a tool which can learn. I think with better regulations and taking care to ensure that AI helps rather than hindering, it can take medicine to the next stage and be hugely beneficial. Evram Yaskin is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Evram's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Science Briefing and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Music